Great to be here. Um, a lot of you don't know me personally, so I brought a little piece of hardware that echoes from my youth today. Having a hard time seeing it? <laughs> what I'm holding is the spring from the mechanism of my weed trimmer that's in my garage. It's almost identical to the one that belonged to the church that had hired me during high school to maintain the lawn. But one hot summer afternoon in rural Kansas, Kansas, I found my teenage self frantically looking for a spring much like this one. Somehow, I must have failed to put the mechanism back together when I reloaded the string. And when I started up, the canister ex exploded and hurled everything every which way. I found the canister. I found the neon orange string. No problem. Couldn't find the spring. Won't work without the spring. I searched forever. I'm down on my hands and knees, feeling around in the grass. And as I went longer and longer without finding my stress, my anxiety welled up. I imagined having to purchase a new piece of equipment for the church, which would have used up all of my summer earnings. Likely wouldn't even cover the cost. And I knew my family couldn't afford it either. Finally, to the point of despair, I did what no teenager hopes to do and asked dad for help. It felt somewhat like a confession. I remember feeling embarrassed, kind of like, yeah, I don't really know how to do operate machinery. I knew I'd screwed up. It was going to be a costly mistake. It felt like a failure. But my father, in his usual loving manner, set aside his work and agreed to come help me look for the elusive sliver of coiled metal. I'm sure we didn't look as long as it felt in that hot summer sun, but eventually defeat set in it was time to call it my shoulders sagged my heart squeezed tight next thing that happened i have never and will never forget my father gently said son why don't we pray and ask god to help us to show us where this spring is it was an invitation it was a path it was an approach i had not yet considered as a solution to the mini crisis that my teenage heart was experiencing. I also remember feeling the awkwardness in my heart. Uh, would we pray out here where everyone can see us on the open? There goes dad being spiritual again, as pastors tend to do about everything. This isn't a spiritual thing, is it? I mean, how does praying replace a spring? At that time in my life, my faith in God was young enough that I didn't even truly consider inviting God into that situation. I was going to give it my best effort to solve this problem, and when that failed, I went to my dad for help. I didn't really believe God was concerned or God would hear prayer, or if he heard the prayer, would God answer a prayer? Have you ever found yourself in a similar place that I was? You said these things to yourself? God doesn't want to answer this prayer. It's too small or it's too big. This isn't a spiritual situation. I just need to solve it, find someone who can. Or the Lord helps those who help themselves. In our passage today, we have a story of a young king, about 20 when he takes the throne, named Ahaz, who was faced with a challenging situation. If you heard Deacon Susan's sermon two weeks ago, you know that King Ahaz had the same struggle we have when we're under pressure. 
Will we stand firm in our faith? Will we stand firm and respond in faith? If the Lord had a gift that he wanted to give Ahaz and all of us who struggle to turn God in our stress, it's that same gift available to us, the gift of faith. So let's unwrap this gift together as we open Isaiah 7. Would you pray with me real quick? Heavenly Father, thank you for today. We thank you for your word. And we, I just ask, Lord, that there would be a gift here for each person, that you would speak to our heart, speak to our mind, and build our faith. In Jesus' name. Okay, before we go any further, I want to real quickly read, summarize some of the verses of chapter 7 that precede the portion that you have in your bulletin, um, which will help some add, add some helpful convicts. So here we go. Verse 1. The king of Israel, he's marched up to fight against Jerusalem or Judah, which is the kingdom where Ahaz sits on the throne. And that's the house of David. And they're not being successful. But then Israel aligns with Samaria and says, let's help us out here. And so here, verse two, Ahaz and his people were shaken as trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. And the Lord said to Isaiah, go out, you and your son. Meet Ahaz, say to him, verse four here, be careful, be calm, and don't be afraid. Don't, do not lose heart because of these two smoldering firewood, stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Reza and Armin, the son of Ramallah. Skipping to six, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make our, your son the king over it. Yeah, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place, will not happen. Skip down to seven. If you do not stand firm, speaking to Ahaz, in your faith, you will not stand at all. So in the conversation we're looking at today, picking up in verse 10, King Ahaz finds himself very embattled. Not one, but two neighboring kingdoms are waging violence on Judah and threatening Ahaz's kingship. The nation is under attack. He is outnumbered. He is overmatched. It's a dire situation. Ahaz and his people have lost confidence. Verse 2, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook the trees of the forest. Not only is he afraid for his own life and welfare, he's very much aware of the implications of the line of David being removed from the throne. Ahaz is not immune to that extra layer of pressure and humiliation that comes with the current state he's in. It's not easy being the leader when things aren't going well. King Ahaz is feeling vulnerable, terrified, trapped, and in his frantic, fear-driven efforts to maintain power, he aligns himself with a pagan king. And that pagan king would have expected Ahaz to see him and to relate to him as a divine entity. Ahaz will have to defile himself and value himself if he wants the king of Assyria to save him from these two smaller kings. Ahaz never sought the Lord's help. He didn't consult with God, didn't consult with the scriptures concerning his needs or challenge. Yet despite that, here in this conversation, we see God very intentionally initiating, seeking out Ahaz amidst Ahaz's crisis. Isn't that encouraging? Look at the exchange between Ahaz and Isaiah, who's speaking for the Lord. Verse 10 in your program. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. 
here, God is initiating. He's offering Ahaz a sort of blank cosmic check. Ask for any demonstration, Ahaz, any demonstration of supernatural power, whether it be from the depths or the heights, just ask, what will it take to convince you that you can trust me? You can have confidence in me. Remember Gideon? Gideon asked that God would make a, a, a fleece that he laid on the ground, make it wet and the ground be dry. And then the next day, make the, the fleece dry and the ground wet. And then I'll believe, Lord, that you'll save me. That's, that's Gideon asking for a sign and God did it. Couldn't Ahaz come up with something more dramatic, more powerful that perhaps would convince him? God is fully aware of the events and struggles that we face in our daily lives. He sees, he knows, he understands. In fact, in this situation, God is actually the only one who truly sees the peril that Ahaz doesn't even recognize. Yes, there's the physical mortal danger, but even deeper is the spiritual peril that's hanging over Ahaz. Ahaz first ignores and ultimately rejects God. And in doing so, brings doom upon him and his people. We often face the same decision when we are in need or when we're facing a challenge. When finances are leaner, work isn't going well, when a relationship has become hurtful, or the loneliness is unbearable, or the chronic illness is not getting better. Honestly, these are the times when God can often seem the most distant and unconcerned. It may seem simpler and more expedient to try and solve problems our own way. We often turn to ourselves or to other things to solve our problems. And in the process, we bench God entirely. God does not want this for us. In his great, great mercy, he even desired for King Ahaz to not give in to his fears. This is how concerned God is for any that are desperate and afraid. So he offered Ahaz a gift of faith, offering him a supernatural sign. Look at verses 14 and 16. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings yet you dread will be laid waste. God says, Ahaz, let me show you my power in this situation. Emmanuel, he's going to be born. And before he's old enough to make good judgment calls, the kings that you're afraid of are going to be long gone. Long gone. I love how God is solving problems, not with power and might and the engines of war, but a, a little boy. Isn't that often God's economy? God has made good on that promise that he gave for all of us. Now, we may not get a sign that dramatic in our personal lives, but here's what God has promised for all of us. If you invite God into your situation, regardless of how insignificant, regardless of how common, or no matter how tremendous or how dire, he will always show up and provide you with the gift of faith. And that gift could come in a couple of different forms. It could come in the form of believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It could come as a spiritual gift, like a, the spiritual gift of faith, something like the spiritual gift of tongues or healing. It could just be a constant, steady gift of faith to follow God's will and plan. 
he has never really opened up the gift God gave him. Tragic. God offered Ahaz his partnership and Ahaz refused it. So how do we avoid making that same mistake? How do we unwrap this gift of faith? It is a struggle at times or for many of us, but I would say to you the key to receiving the gift God has for you with your life challenges is prayer. Two weeks ago, my favorite five-year-old on planet Earth was sick. We're talking projectile vomiting throughout the night. I don't know why he chose to do it during the night, not the day. He didn't really have a choice in the matter. So he's sleeping with mom and dad, right? We've got four kids. Someone usually is. Sheets and blankets getting changed in the middle of the night twice, sometimes towels, and not just one. Then getting a little bit better and then relapsing. And when finally, after a middle of the night shower, rinse off, wrap back up in warm, dry PJs, it's five-year-old, meekly, but definitively, says to his mother and me, will you pray for me? My heart melted. <laughs> As a father, I took zero joy in his suffering. I felt confident that he would weather his viral gastroenteritis. But my heart was breaking for him. He was really miserable. But I thank God for his point of desperation that brought him to that place where he said, I need to invite God into the situation. Will you help me? There is no sure way of gaining access to God's help than a simple and honest request. Sometimes it takes these crises, these moments of desperation to jumpstart that conversation with God. God is longing to have, and we don't need to come to God with some noble fashion, counting on our consistency or prior efforts. Just come desperate. God welcomes it. By contrast, Ahaz literally asked the king of Assyria to save him. This takes place in 2 Kings. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. So 2 Kings is the detailed narrative of Ahaz. Isaiah's operating during that, that narrative. So 2 Kings chapter 16. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tilgath-Pilzer, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and rescue me from the hand of the king of Syria, from the hand of the king of Israel who are attacking me. And Ahaz took silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he sent it as a present to the king of Assyria. God, in his grace, came to Ahaz to rescue and the people of God. God was saying, Ahaz, you're my son. I have much greater power than the king of Assyria, and I care about you in a way he never will. Stop begging him and start asking me for what you need. But what do I pray? What do I ask for, you say? It really begins with one word. Help. Ask God for help. What is your need for teenage me? It was help finding the little lost coil. For you, it might be fill in the blank. Just start with your need. Start with where you need help. Maybe you're stressed out, and so you might lengthen it to help me to be still right now. When God draws near to our situation, stillness begins to settle in, sometimes in direct defiance of the chaos around us. This is a sure sign 
of the presence of the Lord. No, this is the first thing that God speaks to King Ahaz here in chapter seven. If a few verses before your program passage here, verse four, careful, quiet, do not fear, do not, lock your, do not let your heart be faint at their fierce anger. He's saying, don't escalate, step back, hush. Psalm 46, maybe verse 10 is a little bit more famous. Be still and know that I and for those of us that are struggling with doubt who act from unbelief, we can always simply pray, help my unbelief. Like Ahaz, our crises and stress reveal our unbelief often. Our unbelief that God can actually help us. Good news, he can help with that too. Simply admit it and give your unbelief to God. This is a burden God will happily take from you. It's almost like a trading up. God will exchange your unbelief and give you more faith. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Simple, profound, and effective. The greatest gift of the, the greatest gift the Lord can give us in moments of stress, fear, crisis, is the Emmanuel gift. Emmanuel Jesus, or a trusted friend of mine said that for the first time. I never heard anyone say that. Emmanuel Jesus, I love that. Therefore, the Lord himself, verse 14, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Fast forward from Isaiah to Matthew, which is the gospel today. And we are told that this is the Messiah, Emmanuel Jesus, which means God with us. Whatever your circumstance, Whatever you are asking of the Lord, he guarantees he will be with you. It's a promise. It's his name. That is the great hope we are given from this passage. God did not abandon us. He will not abandon you. He did come. He was born as foretold. Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, Emmanuel. He is real. And he comes to you this Advent. He is coming again. And we wait with hope and faith. That is what I needed that hot summer afternoon as a discouraged teen. When my dad prayed that day, he prayed, he asked for two things. First, he simply asked that God would reveal the spring flood. Second request was that the answer to the first request would serve as a sign to me that my faith in God would grow. God said yes to both of those requests. When we opened our eyes after praying, the spring was lying in front of us. There's no way we hadn't covered that square inch. We didn't have to search for it any longer. The Lord revealed it to us, and the Lord built up my faith. Why had I not chosen to seek God's help in prayer? It hadn't crossed my mind, didn't register as a spiritual matter. And in the end, I didn't really believe God was concerned or that God would hear the prayer. My prayer for us, Emmanuel Anglican, is that we would know Emmanuel Jesus. Now, this Advent, this Christmas tide, we can invite him into whatever Christmas challenges we face. Loneliness, financial strain, work stress, family of origin mess, 
And this is the exact time to invite God into those places. He will enter those places with you. And he brings the gift of his son and the gift of faith for any who ask. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.